to all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs. Join me as I chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including cast members, comedians, photographers, chefs, musicians, choreographers, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Welcome to The Mouse and Me. Hello, friends, and welcome to my podcast, The Mouse and Me. As always, I'm your host and pal, Scott Jacobs. Today's episode is a continuation of my conversation with my friend, Sam Bird. Last week, Sam and I talked about a bunch of different things, including the different roles he had with the Walt Disney Company, how he rappelled down from the ceiling in It's a Small World, his work on the holiday overlay for Haunted Mansion, being a test rider on the Tower of Terror at California Adventure Park, and more. In today's episode, Sam and I play the Mouse and Me games Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and As the Nose Grows, Pinocchio, True or False. And we chat about the attractions, shows, parades, restaurants, snacks, specific menu items at some of the restaurants. We talk about a lot of stuff. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. During every interview, I play some games with my guests. Are you down for playing a few games? Let's do this. <laughs> And now it's time to play Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Sam, I'm going to name three things, and you have to rank them from favorite to least favorite. Okay. All right, here we go. Haunted Mansion Holiday, It's a Small World Holiday, Jingle Cruise. Oh, well, okay. Well, Jingle Cruise is number one, of course. <laughs> Kate would love that answer. Yeah, I would too. It's the best. It's one of the best things I ever did in the company. Period. Okay, so yeah, you, that's an easy one. That's like that's my favorite thing ever. Um, best experience ever. Best team ever. Um, okay, now let's think. Small World and Haunted Mansion. Now those are interesting because I would say Haunted Mansion is really. Mm, it's a wonderful thing to get to do, and it's really impactful. But Small World is a better place to be as a worker so that's a really interesting one i'm going to put haunted mansion as number two because i think theme wise and being able to deliver on that it's uh that's number two and then number three would be small world but those are close those are close okay now you mentioned jingle cruise was one of the best experiences you've had and you said the the crew was great why else was it such a great experience it's the most it's it's geographically different to get to diff, difficult to get to, and it is um, something that I feel the crew got to own a hundred percent. I feel like the technical direction really understood what we were bringing. The art direction really understood bringing. So the people we were delivering for got it, understood the impact of it, and really felt it. And so did we. We had a lot of autonomy to be able to do this with very little oversight because we were trusted to do it the crew that we cultivated over the time we had it had the same feeling like they put their full hearts into it and it felt so special to have that attraction to ourselves i think there's one of the aspects versus the other ones is it's outdoors and it's this and so you're kind of in this beautiful park in this amazing amusement park 
and it's kind of yours. You know, we had our own little boats that we could go up mm-hmm. and down the river on. Um, we had to really troubleshoot how to get everything to where it needed to go safely on time. We had to be so creative. And when you have like that perfect combination of an amazing team, like trust, um, a, a great, a great product, like a great, you know, actual overlay. Um, yeah, I mean, I would do it. I would do it. I would go back to do that. Like if they called me and said, you can have your job back and we really need you to do Jingle Cruise. And I'd be like, all right, who's my team? And they gave me my team back. I'd be like, God, you guys are gonna have to give me a plane ticket back to California because that's this that was the it, it all came together. The friendships we made, you know, we're all still connected. The team still sends messages, communicates no matter what's going on with our lives. We're still yeah, we're still we're still family, you know, so that's great. Yeah. All right, the next one. Phantasmic, Frozen, Disney Junior Dance Party. Ooh. Uh, now we're going in order of best to least, right? So uh, Favorite to least favorite. Now, now you, you, you can love all three, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you have yeah. to rank them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, no problem. So Disney Junior Dance Party is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which we called the Baby Rave. And it's number one. We can circle back to that. Uh, let's see. So, Fantasmic and Frozen. Ooh, gosh. So, Fantasmic is like the it's the big show, right? Um, and that's I had a lot of pride to work on that show. But Frozen, I think that it's got to be number two, and then Fantasmic has to be three. And it's not only because of the uh, the work I did on frozen. Cause actually that's some of the work I dislike the specific work, but love my team the most, but sure. getting to work on the show and then getting to work on the show on crew on deck was yeah, that, that those were days to look forward to actually I had two positions and one I really didn't like. And one I really, really loved. And I was just explaining to somebody last night here in Iowa, I was trying to explain to them what I did on stage and I was over talking and giving them the entire role that I had. I was telling him beat for beat every responsibility I had on stage. So I'm like, Frozen gets number two, Fantastic number three. Yeah. <laughs> what was the role that you enjoyed in that show and what was the role that you didn't enjoy? Okay. So there's only one aspect of the role I didn't enjoy, which okay. was, which was, I was deck one. And the aspect that I didn't like was I actually had to open and close the, uh, the curtain in between the scenes. And that is, you know, it's, it's on, the rail like you're actually pulling a rope to close this curtain but the curtain was used to close a scene which would normally be like a drop curtain which wouldn't be very heavy and it's just a cloth curtain that comes down to close the scene you pull it out well this curtain was a thousand pound counterweighted system that you have to get moving with the with the ropes from side stage and I would have to jump off of what they call the toe rail and do like a hammer curl with my full body. I have to do this whole pull down maneuver where I used all of the energy and weight of my body to get it moving and then bring it in and then close it on time. So I'd have to make sure not to slam it into the stage. And I slowed it down by pulling the ropes out like appropriately timed. And it was the weight of it and the stress of just physically doing that that I didn't like. But everything else about it was amazing because I like doing choreography 
to a show with a lot of moving parts um, while the show's happening. So, you know, while you're watching people on stage, you're seeing all the choreography, the motions, everything they're doing, but then we're fully supporting them and mirroring some of the things they're doing side stage. So in that role, it was all good other than that. I got to do a costume change. I got to walk on stage. I got to, you know, operate safety mechanisms. I, in that role, there was a, there's part of the scene, if you've ever seen Frozen, but there's a scene where um, a character there's the, the the haywire mess that's happening um, when they realize that they're going to open up the castle and have the party and Anna's running around and she's tripping everybody up. Well, there's a, there's a part where one of the, one of the maids goes off stage and then she comes back on stage, rolling across stage on a cart and the cart turns center stage and straightens out as she's, as she's rolling across. Well, I was the guy that pushed her across the stage. So I had oh, to okay, time cool. and push her and make sure that she, that her cart turned almost like when you're bowling and you're trying to get it to, to uh to slice like or hook like like i had to get her to turn and Mm -hmm. like so all that was cool but then having to run back and pull the heavy rope was like the deal breaker and actually if the show had (laughs) continued it sounds like they were talking about automating it finally which would have just sweetened it up but the other role that i had was uh well i had two roles i had on stage i had deck six and then I was also a prop master. I loved both. Deck six had none of those issues. So deck six was a role when I started my day. I didn't have any step in the choreography I didn't like. And I really felt myself step into the choreography. Like I really, like I'd kind of, I'd be in the beat of it. And then, you know, when this thing had, I would catch that cart. So I was on the other side. So when that cart came, I'd have to stop it and then assist the character off her cart. And then I'd have to go over here and then I'd have to replace these props. Then I'd have to bring out a prop and hand it off to somebody here. And then I'd have to run to the other side and do some stuff and come back. And I felt like I could lock right into the flow of the show just as though I'm like, you know, a performer on stage. I just, it just, it's like when you hear the music start and the show starts, I could, you know, lock in and I'm sure I could have, my, my body could have done the entire thing, but it was joyful. I really enjoyed it. Even deck one, the, the job I said I wasn't entirely in love with, um, when they're doing the extended ballroom dancing scene, Mm-hmm. I was the guy joking around on the side and I used to, I used to mirror them because I had three minutes of that scene to kill. So I would, I would figure out the dance moves and do the dance moves side stage <laughs> with them. And I didn't, I didn't realize till much later that because there's so many monitors and cameras backstage that everybody's sitting with a monitor is watching me do that at one point. So like, <laughs> like I didn't find out till I found out everybody watches me dance that anybody, <laughs> anybody was watching me dance. So <laughs> <laughs> no, are, are they not bringing that show back? Um, as far as I know, it's down and I believe something else is going to go in there. I think they decided to take it out with the pandemic because if, if you look at the timing of it, it technically was um, supposed to run five years. And I think that it ran through its five years okay. um, in the meantime. So I would Aladdin ran up. forever. It did, but Aladdin was also very beloved in in a I think Aladdin was very special and unique in a way that it had improv and it and the genies specifically had um progressive things they can throw in they can they can refer to pop culture of the time the news and and they were given the ability to ad lib like that so you know you could go see aladdin and if there's if you know it's not the same genie for the second show of the day like you're getting a different show so you can actually go see aladdin more than once in the same day so i think that's where it was special and different where frozen is very scripted and on point and this big production, but there's really very, very little difference in the show. I'd have another one. Huey, Dewey and Louie. Okay. Paint the night parade, main street, electrical parade, 
Pixar Play Parade. Hmm. <laughs> Those are funny. That's a funny, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, Paint the Night. Gosh, okay. So, Electrical Parade would have been my hands-down choice just because I'm, I'm, I'm 44, so I'm a kid that I feel like got to see that when it was brand new, fresh, the very first time. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but I think it's going to get number two to Pixar. <laughs> just because that song still gets in my head when you just said it, play, 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 parade, just popped into my <laughs> head. And I know people that worked on it. Um, someone I dated was Dory in the show. And I just feel like my personal connection to that show itself and to the performers and cast members on that show and okay. the catchiness of it, you know, just gets me. Just, and so that's what, the only reason why Electrical Parade gets number two. Now, now Electrical Parade gets another upgrade. We might be in for it, but uh, but <laughs> I can hear that music now. So now you got me. Now, now you got earworms going on for me. Because um, that show, if I had not done the art department, I could have worked in parades. So if I had made a left instead of a right at that time, I might have got to drive some of those parade floats. Like I might have been oh, able okay. to ride the little bugs that come up and kind of say hi to you and pull back. So I look at that. And then Paint the Night, I feel like it's only because I have less of a connection to it. Like I, 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 I appreciate the technology and I really like, they have like the face, um, they have a little antenna that light up the faces of the, of the cast members. So even though it's nighttime, you can actually see the faces of your performers and the LED technology and you got Lightning McQueen in there. But no, I think that's, yeah, that's how I break that down. Okay. Yeah. Blue Bayou Restaurant, the Bengal Barbecue, Mint <laughs> Julep Bar. Oh man. Yeah, now you're now you're messing with me. <laughs> so let's see. I know I, I've been to all three, and I really enjoyed all three. It's it's, it's tough. Yes, um, me too. So, gosh, you know, the, answering these questions, I'm realizing just uh, how much I do love Disney and how connected I am to it. Because okay, so Blue Bayou has always been number one, and because it's so magical that you get to eat inside of an attraction. You know, right. you get to be right there, and of course, pirates is probably like people's low-key favorite ride you know no matter what it seems like everybody's got to ride pirates it's it's the thing it's an amazing attraction especially out in california yeah yeah it's just it's like it's almost a no-brainer you're gonna do it even if you're there to ride the new ride you're just no way you're gonna miss pirates and if there's no line oh yeah you're gonna run right into that thing that's like yeah yeah that's that's your first move so that's that's special in that way and i've eaten there I've I've actually worked in there more than I've eaten there. I've actually set up and decorated in there for different events. But when I've eaten there, it's been very special. And I remember I had surf and turf the last time I was there. So I even remember what I ate last time. Okay. So I'm going I'm to give them number one. Bengal barbecue is number two because the skewers, the Banyan beef skewers is the uh, is also a box that I always had to check. And it actually makes me think my uncle. When I was a kid, my uncle was a just he was a disney guy he had to go to disney every chance he got and i got to go with him and he's no longer with us and no matter what um i'd still have to go get my my skewer to celebrate my uncle and have it for him you know nice. so that nice. yeah no matter what and i think they even changed the recipe like maybe 20 years ago <laughs> and i remember that too i remember this used to be so spicy i couldn't eat it and i'm like well i still like the new recipe it's okay because it was probably too spicy for other kids too and then the mint julep bar yeah, well, I mean, I like a good beignet, and uh, <laughs> like I've been to I've been to uh, 
the I've been to New Orleans once in my life and ate every beignet possible. So that's the sneaky little hidden spot where you can get a very unique uh, snack right there. So even though they get number three, I'm still going to give them a lot of props. So nice. <laughs> I love New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Disneyland, New Orleans. So <laughs> New Orleans Square is just great. Yeah. And, yeah. and I did have those Mickey beignets and oh, heaven. <laughs> you can't beat a beignet. Can't beat a no. good beignet. <laughs> Carthay Circle, Wine Country Trattoria, Pim's Test Kitchen. Hmm. Pim's Test Kitchen. I don't know if I even ever got to go to. Where do you know where that is? Avengers Campus. Oh, okay. So I just missed Avengers. We weren't open yet when I left. So okay. I didn't get I didn't get in there yet. So we'll just make that an easy number three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Carthay Circle. Um Wine Country Trattoria. Okay, so Carthay Circle, I mean, that's that's number one because it's like the it's the highest class place I got to go because I never I I didn't make it into the exclusive place in Disneyland right so no Club Thirty Three right. I've worked I've worked in Club Thirty Three but I never got to be a guest in Club Thirty Three. Well, but what I did ha- you do in there? I've done some decorating in there. I've actually set up Christmas in there before. Like I put up Christmas trees and decorated around and had to be extraordinarily careful. It's one of the only places I've worked in the resort where I had the cast members that worked there actually like watching me to make sure that I didn't impact or damage anything within their, within their space and coming from the department. I mean, you're often allowed just to slam screws into things and, and do what you need to do and then fix it later. And no, no, that was one where, uh, there were eyes on me. I was like, oh, okay, we got to really be careful. I got to almost put on my special white gloves for this one because, <laughs> you know, like they're, 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 you know, they're very proud and careful of their space. Um, is it beautiful inside? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then they, it, you, and then there's the history. And then all the cast members know all the stories that, you know, the cast members that work in there know all the, all the secret stories of working in there, all the, all the Walt stories and, and shenanigan stories. So if you hang in there long enough, they start to tell you the stories. And you're like, oh, I need to okay. get in there somehow. I just, I, I can't yeah. afford it, but I would love to get in there. Yeah. Well, keep at it. I mean, you, 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 you may get invited by, uh, by, by someone at some point to, to have to see it. As well. Oh, that's right. If you're invited, you can go in. Yep. 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 And that does happen. So uh, we'll, well, you just put it out there. So just keep putting it out there. <laughs> I, I will continue to put that out there. Yeah. So, okay. So Carthay Circle, um, I have eaten there a few times and I'd say it's just gorgeous. And it's, it's, that's, that's a good date place. That's a mm-hmm. great escape place. And that's, I think as an adult, um, that felt really special to be able to go there as a guest and just go, oh, wow, we can actually have a really nice dinner and we're really being served and we're having all the accommodations and we can have the after dinner cocktails. So, I mean, it immediately made me think that it's one of the few places that I remember eating where I have dinner table pictures. I'm notoriously bad at taking pictures anywhere at any time. <laughs> like I just forget, I get swept up in the moment and I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been there dressed up. Like I've actually put on a nice you know, suit to go have a nice dinner with, with a date at, at, at Carthay circle before and wine country it is a super classy restaurant. It is super the entire classy. experience was amazing. Yeah. 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 They nail it. They nail it. Um, and then wine country, that's another one where I feel, uh, I've worked, so many events and that used to be a very popular venue for 
corporate parties, private parties, like um, seasonal overlays that support all those things. So I feel mm-hmm. like I spent so much time working there. I'm trying to remember the last time I actually like ate anything there or was there as a guest. I'm like, I have images of being on ladders, hanging from things, decorating things, throwing garland on things. I'm like, gosh, have I been there as a guest or have I only ever worked there? So, so yeah, that's, there we go. That's how they line up. Okay. Don't get mad at me. Oh, no. Banyan beef skewer, Bengal beef skewer, safari skewer, which for those who don't know, that's the bacon wrapped asparagus. Hmm. Well, oh, wow. Okay. So wait, the banyan was the spicy one, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Oh, was it? Oh, gosh. Now I'm, I thought it was. No, it's got to be banyan. I'm not going to second guess myself. It's the banyan beef skewer is number one. Okay. It's got to be. And then, huh. Yeah, one was spicy, one was sweet. Right, right, right. So it's the banyan. It's the banyan because that's that's the that's the one I'm into. If we're wrong, then uh, people can laugh at me. Um, Sue us. I, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm <laughs> I mean, I know what I like. It's banyan now. It's my it's my call. <laughs> All right. So, uh, ooh, that puts the second two kind of in like because I have gotten those as my as my rounding it out thing before. So I'll just I'm gonna stick with the full carnivore thing on the. So I'll go I'll go banyan Bengal then. Then safari. The, then the safari. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think the yeah. next time I go there, I'm going to get one of each. Good call. I'll do the same I, thing. I, I, there's just too good. Yeah. I, I Yes. Yes. I love that little spot. And it's great right where it is, too, because it sets you up for, you know, your, your whole Adventureland experience. Like, oh, oh right. yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. I, mm, I'm not sure. I, I could probably guess the answer to this, but let, let's see. Beignets, Dole Whip, Popcorn. Ah, okay. Well, I think I, I got you on this one because now now that we got Dole Whip in there, because okay, so popcorn is my number one thing to get in Disney because you can get it anywhere. And to me, pop, I'm a film guy, I'm a movie guy, so mm-hmm. popcorn's my transformative experience. But Dole Whip is special. I don't, I, well, I don't live there anymore, but I I wouldn't always get it. I'd only get it if it was really special and it was the right time. It's like it has to show up. So. I'll, uh, <laughs> And then the beignets were number one, right? So I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Dole Whip as number one because mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's sort of like getting chocolate cake like on your birthday or something, you know? It's not it's not a have to, it's a get to when it works. So I'll put okay. that one there first. Popcorn is number two, but popcorn is more of a have to. There's always, like I said, there's something about popcorn that just makes makes your body know that you're you're being entertained um mm-hmm. that lets you know that you're observing and i love people watching too and especially because yeah. they serve it you get them at the popcorn carts and they just look so classic that's the big thing is that um that little animatronic and i think depends on what land you're in you have the little character and he's turning the little drum um, yes. off to the side there and then they're themed to whatever land you're in and as a kid those are all those are the details that always got me that's what made me need to get the popcorn as a kid was just like oh it's the it's the yeti or oh it's the you know it's the little bear or oh it's the like can we get popcorn it's like didn't we already have popcorn i'm like i'm sure my dad loved that <laughs> <laughs> they'll put videos at the end even though they're kind of they're a specialty item too they're not an every time they're a they're a when it's like I have something I call the donut hour and beignets fall into the donut hour. It's like when mm. you're, when you're in, it's gotta be early. You have to have that craving. And if you don't get to it in time, then the moment passes and then you, and then now you're on to savory. <laughs> Disney's Aladdin, a musical spectacular, the new tale of the lion King, mm-hmm. 
Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Now, I, I would assume that the new tale of the Lion King would be at the end only because you haven't yet seen that. Yeah, yeah, that would be at the end because I haven't seen it. I've seen all of the media for it, though, because it seems like everybody that I really care it's remarkable. about the park put their hands to it. Is it? It, right. it, it looks absolutely – I've seen a lot of the media as well and clips of it. And a friend mm-hmm. of mine, you probably know him as well, Paul, he worked on that. Oh, nice, nice. Paul, I think I do know who you're talking about. So <laughs> we'll stop there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So yeah, we'll put it at the end for that reason, but, uh, but that, that has no bearing on, uh, my future experience for sure. Sure. Um, okay. So it was, what was the first one? Disney's Aladdin, a musical spectacular. All right. All right. Tale of the Lion King and Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Okay. Well, it's Tiki Room hands down. Um, this number one Tiki Room is, yeah, that's what, it's it's so special to me that I've liked it since I was very small, and it always felt weird because no other kid liked it like that. They always liked a fast ride, or they liked Space Mountain, or that, or Thunder Mountain. And then I'd be like, the Tiki Room, and they're like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing is wrong with me. It's the coolest thing ever. You get completely transported. It's it's fa- it's it's phenomenal. There's like eight thousand working animatronics. The show's good. The songs are catchy. It's just special. And if you do get the Dole Whip, then you get you get the enhancement of having your dole whip right along with it so yeah for sure for sure the tiki room is uh oh gosh i love that it's so charming it is it is and i've had the songs in my head and actually you know what this is a this is a this takes us back to an earlier one that's actually really good i got to go in there at i don't know if it was like it was pre-dawn it was pre-dawn and it was open and they were doing um they had just refreshed it so I got to go in and that's when cast members were getting to experience it as, as the host cast members prior to the park opening. And, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Maynard, but Maynard's this special Disney man who is, uh, he's like one of these Disney people that 100% gets the magic. And it used to be a thing when I was younger, if you saw Maynard, then it was like, Oh my God, we saw Maynard today. And he would be at the mansion and he's like the spookiest guy at the mansion or he'd be at Tiki room and he's the goofiest guy at the Tiki room and he had it all. And so I got to go to one of these experiences. And so, uh, all the way to the point where he does this little special effect where when the lights go out, he has the flashlight where he's guiding people. This guy puts the flashlight in his mouth and then and blows it out. Like he turns it off right when the lights go out and, <laughs> and sync with the lights. Nobody has to do these things. You know, he's just this fun guy. But I got to wake up the birds um, that day when I went in. So they have the little cane and they like tap. Hey, you know, like, yeah, hey, Fritz, you know, like they wake up the birds and I got to wake up the birds you know, like probably maybe the last time I got to go in that attraction. So that was that. Yeah. So that's almost a bucket list item there. And is then, he still around this main room? I believe so. I haven't, I, I believe he is still there. He's been there for a very long time, but that might be something worth looking into. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause he's one of those people that I think is this, uh, He's the special thing that I think if you brought that right culture, cultural appreciation to the cast members, you know, and let people know that they're allowed to, to be a little loose around the edges as long as they're bringing the magic, that'd be that, you know, that, yeah. And who knows, maybe just these one of a kind, kind of, kind of vaudevillian kind of, kind of human beings. But, uh, but yeah, so Tiki Room, Maynard was a plus. Actually, I don't even think I knew he worked that attraction for sure until then. I haven't seen him at the other ones, you know, but, okay. um, but I've got to wake up the birds. And then, um, yeah, Aladdin, I mean, Aladdin's just, it's hard to touch, you know? So yeah, that it, it would have to be number two. It was yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, you know, you're going to see Aladdin. I mean, 
So, okay. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Matterhorn Bobsleds, The Haunted Mansion. Ooh. Let's see. Well, I guess it's got it. Even after working there so much, it's going to have to be The Haunted Mansion on this one. And that's an that's an amazing thing. Is you work in entertainment as an entertainment person, somebody who's done worked on shows, seen every aspect of production. The fact that it still holds up and still feels special, and that you actually want to enjoy it, even though you know how everything works, you've seen everything, you've touched everything, and you're like, I still I still have to do this. Um, let's see. We're, so the other two are bobsleds and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Okay. I have to put Mr. Toad's too, because I remember it scared me when I was really little, and then I had to overcome that and ride it again when I was older and realized how silly it was. But I think when I was when I was a very little kid, I remember riding it with my mom, and then when we went to hell, I remember it was like very hot in there. I don't know, and it was a summer day anyway, and so I don't know if the AC was off, but it was already hot in the ride. And and those are usually really chilly. The dark rides are usually very well right, conditioned. Right, right. So I remember being very hot. And then we went to hell. And then I don't I don't think I was crying. I'm not going to say I was crying, but I think I was very disturbed by that by the end. And then it made this impact on me that like, oh my gosh. So then when I got older and I, you know, you had to face your fears, you know. And I went and wrote it again. And I'm like, this is silly. And it's actually pretty quirky and fun. Um, and the only reason why Matterhorn is where it is is just because it's uh, because it's. Well, they took away the open seat, and that's why it gets put on the bottom this time. So what, what when you, you used when you used to ride the Matterhorn, um, the entire sled was open, seated, or there was a separator in the middle. And then now, yeah, that's what it was. There's a separator in the middle, so you could say you go on it with a date or with your parents or something or whatever. There's basically room for two or three of you in the back and two or three of you in the front. Okay. And then when and when they remounted it and actually did the really really nice new additions they did because there's like there's the um, there's the when you're coming up the first mountain you get to see the yeti behind the behind the sheet of ice going back and forth and they right. enhanced the animatronics and they did some really nice stuff in there but what they did was they created a separation between each seat. And that used to be the that used to be the pro move when you're a teenager to like get a girl <laughs> to ride the Matterhorn with you, and then now she has to sit in front of you, and then you're gonna go up the hill. So now they slide back into you. So now you, now you got to hold them by the waist or or have that contact that you might be too afraid to do. And then here you go, you get to ride this this ride that just kind of kind of gives you that little edge, you know. And then when they separated it, I remember thinking like, well. I'm glad I got to have that experience, but you know, they just, yeah, but, and I understand it's probably way safer. It's probably better for everyone, but. ah. So speaking of Mr. Toad's wild ride, I remember riding that attraction at Walt Disney world as a kid Mm. and it was really cool. I I enjoyed it. And then we went back and I, I have no idea the time frame, but we went back and it was gone. And in its place was Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Oh, well, let's ride Winnie the Pooh. And so we, we rode Winnie the Pooh. And then once you get through the first room, if -hmm. you look to your left, you have to kind of look back a little bit on the wall. There's a picture of Mr. Toad handing the deed over to owl. So kind of like handing the ride over, passing it on because it was in, it took up the same space. Uh, Okay. So that's awesome. So do you know, that's cool. I love that. Do you okay? Do you know Winnie the Pooh in Anaheim? Mm-hmm. Do you know about that at all? Then, 
Because uh, there's like some fig- figures or something, right? Like, yeah, you look back and yeah, yeah. So, um, the Bear Country Jamboree. Yes. Now, I believe they still have that in Florida. Um, Country Bear Jamboree, right? Yes. Yep. Well, and that was that was right up there at Tiki Room when I was a kid. I guess I've always liked shows and animatronics, so that was like that was another big one for me. And then they, I remember they even had a Christmas overlay and that was really wild and I loved it. Um, that's where they put Winnie the Pooh in, in critter country. And so when you ride Winnie the Pooh, similar thing. Um, there's one of the last turns that you do. If you turn around and you, you can barely see out of the honeycomb car that you're in. Right. If you turn and look, there's the three heads of, there's three mounted heads that were used in the show and they would talk and they're sort of like the lead guys of the show. They're in our Winnie the Pooh. So nice. the, the, so they, they paid homage to the original attraction there too, and kept that little Easter egg up. So like, that's so, I didn't know what you just shared at all. So that's so cool that there's that correlation of just like, Hey, we know you love this thing. So there's still a piece of it here for you. And, oh. and t- tell me again, where it is in California. Is it, you said it's towards the end of the ride. Um, yeah, it's like, Oh yeah. It's very much towards like, it's one of like the last, cause you got a couple sharper turns before you leave. So it's yeah, really close to the end before you come out into the open again. Okay. Um, you got to crank around. So I'm sure you can figure I'm sure somebody's documented it by now, but I remember the first time I wrote it, Winnie the Pooh had just opened and I had, you know, one of those, one of those great cast members that was just like, Hey, make sure you look at the thing when you do the turn. And I'm like, okay, okay. That's I so cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. But that's awesome. Cause now, cause I've not gone to Florida and I'm hoping to go there hopefully by the end of the year. Um, so yeah, so now I got, I got a least egg to look for. <laughs> I, I have two more for Huey, Dewey and Louie. Okay. The Incredicoaster, Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters, Grizzly River Run. Hmm. Okay. So, that's what the that's the that's the tire ride the rollicking roasters huh like I almost forgot their name I think that's the one where you're the in the choreographed cars, cars. Yes, yes 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 okay so wow okay so Incredit coaster the rollicking roasters or um, Grizzly River the Run Grizzly River Run oh man that's really tough because they're all really good um, they are I really cons- good consider the River Run I feel in my entire life. I, I knew there were river rides at different amusement parks and they were a letdown. Like we had, we, we had like six flags. We had, um, not Sperry farm. I've been to these different ones and I always wanted a good one. And then that's the first one where I'm like, Oh, they actually nailed it. That's actually really good. Credit coaster is obviously epic. Um, and I've hung off of it on ropes once before too. Um, um uh, <laughs> you cannot mention that and not give me more information. During the World of Color show, there is uh, that entire plaza, the entire Bay Area back there, the boardwalk, has lighting and elements that contribute to the show. And along the roller coaster, there's all this lighting that flashes. Yes. And, and that is our our department installs that lighting. So get this. Um, this is one of the okay. This is one of the hairiest things I ever did. So this is a great personal interest story. Is um, those are LED lights, and then they're in these thick glass, very heavily protected housings because of all the humidity and moisture in the air back there, and they're also difficult to get to. So you can't. It's not like you can just replace them all the time. So they do need to be replaced sometimes. And they're also they also have big heavy duty magnets on the back. And so once in a while, people need to go and they need to pry off the ones that have failed and put on a new one. And so um, at the peak of the high drop um, on the track, uh, 
I had someone else who has this job set my lines for me. So he puts the ropes up, sets the drops the lines in all the way to the ground, and I had to climb up these this set of ropes. So when you do the rope climbing, you have one rope that's your complete safety rope, then you have the rope you're climbing. And now the odds of the rope you're climbing failing are very slim. So that's why that's so safe because the second rope is a, a whole backup rope that you have. But okay. I had to climb from the ground up. Now, a lot of the times you're dropping in or you're actually on a surface, then you start climbing. So you have no leverage and I'm also hanging in mid space. So you have to use a little loop on your foot to climb. So I had to climb almost 70 feet up. Oof. These are the times where you find out how you feel about heights and how you feel about <laughs> working at heights because you know every time you stop to catch your breath you realize you have to go farther and so i'm like okay well here i'm about 25 feet up Whew. oh wow i only have to go about 50 more feet this is great and so i had to climb up to that height and then um and this was a beautiful moment i actually did have a little fear factor moment there where i was like i don't i'm really second guessing this career choice i don't know if i should have done this like i don't know that i can do this i don't know what i'm doing up here and then um, I caught my breath and then I took a deep breath and I looked around and I was like, okay, who wouldn't kill to be up here right now? Because I can see all the way through California, um, Disney's California Adventure. I can see all the way through Disneyland and I can see all the way to the backside of Disneyland from this perspective. And who's seeing this that's not at the top of the hill before they drop down on this roller coaster? And I'm just, you know, now that I relaxed, I'm sitting here seeing this. And right. then, and then I had to switch the lights out, which required me to do some, some fun rope work, but basically holding onto the side of this big steel structure, prying this thing off, taking it off safely, tying it to something and then putting on the new unit and then rinse and repeat for a few units up there. So I had like three of these things, Daisy chain in my rig and had to pull off three of these things and put them back on. And, uh, yeah, no one can take that away from me. That's, uh, <laughs> that was That's an experience. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. Or actually so, incredible. Incredible. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew I saw I saw it coming. <laughs> okay, so Incredicoaster, Grizzly River. Okay, so funny enough, I'm gonna go with the with Luigi's. Um, and that's because I love dancing and okay. I love that's another one of those. Technology wise, the fact that you're not on a track whatsoever that you can't see where you're going to go. And even though uh, I consider it's a simple series of different dances, I got really fortunate to where the person I wrote it with um, that I care very much about was a dancer. And so when we were writing it, it she's like, oh my gosh, this is the box step. Oh my gosh, this is kind of like this one. Oh my gosh, we're doing this now. And so if I had wrote it cold without having that person with me, I would have had no idea what our patterning was or what it meant. And I think it was, it was her joy and just the, and yeah. And then realizing what they'd accomplished and going, okay, I don't, this means a lot for the future of rides. I mean, short, I mean, two years later, that's when rise of the resistance had their track free ride. And I'm like, right, okay, right. this was my first track free experience. This is mind blowing. This is, this is going to change everything. And then, um, gosh, the Incredicoaster versus the other one, that's so hard. Cause they're both so, they're both so special. Being propelled versus being drug up a drug up a mountain, <laughs> right, is so epic because you just start off with your thrill, and then the whole thing's just fun. So, I'll have to go with that for the thrill factor. I'm just going to go with that for this because the the pure thrill factor as far as that. Okay. And, but Grizzly, you know, it's still the best. It's still the best river ride I've ever ridden. So. I agree with you. I've only ridden it once, and it mm. was right before we went to dinner at Carthay Circle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we showed up soaking wet. Perfect. So, yeah, we, we walked in. We're dripping, 
And, you know, the place is gorgeous and we were so apologetic. We're like, we're so sorry. Like, no, it's fine. We get it. We get it. Right. Right. Do they have, do they have big fluffy Carthay towels for you? Or? They did not. They were holding out. Oh, they were. They should have had bathrobes. That would have been perfect. You guys that would have been, been absolutely perfect. <laughs> All right. The last one. Okay. Actually, I, I can guess your answers, but here they are. Monorail, Disneyland Railroad. Mark Twain Riverboat. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you got it. I think you probably do know. Yeah, well, of course, the railroads first, because that is my dream the retirement job. Um, we have, we went over the monorail, but it's, uh, but you really reminded me. I mean, you really reminded me how epic it was, because that is one of those you have to do it kind of things. And I think not having been that straight guest for so long. And then when I, I'm used to getting to go in, I either I can go in from backstage or I'm bringing people. So I let people dictate kind of the experience. And that was, I almost feel like that was my miss when I brought people to Disneyland. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like if I go again with some children, we're going to have to get right on, right on the monorail. And then, Oh, how did I skip the last one? What's the last one again? It's, it's definitely the last one. Uh, Mark Twain, Riverboat. <laughs> Mark Twain. Okay. Mark Twain. <laughs> I've had to set up Mark Twain. The one I can't remember. That's last. That makes it last for sure. (laughs) It's because I'm blocking it out because um, my personal experience with Mark Twain, as a kid, I remember wanting to ride it and then you get trapped on it for the entire ride around the the rivers. And for me, it was that um, I couldn't, I couldn't just run off and do something else or we couldn't change our mind and go ride another ride. So I was always frustrated that we were like, okay, we got on it. Yeah, you're okay, locked how, in. Is it, how is it going to take now? But also as a technician, um, when I did Fantasmic, um, setting up the Mark Twain is part of the setup for the Fantasmic show because the Mark Twain has elements on it. Right. So it actually gained some street cred back with that because <laughs> I've gotten to ride the Mark Twain where I've had to set up all this stuff for the show and then I'm stuck on it getting a little bit of a break. And then also I get to hang up, up in the top um, padded seat area and kind of maybe even lay down for a second. And it's not lost on me that I'm laying down on an empty Mark Twain as it's finishing its journey around to the back of the island. So, so it's not a complete it's not a complete blowout. It actually got better through my work experience than from my childhood experience. So Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Do you have time yeah. for one more game? You got me. Yeah, I'm here. All right. Excellent. This game is called As the Nose Grows, Pinocchio, True or False. I'm going okay. to give you a statement, and you have to tell me whether you think that statement is true or false. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room opened on June 23rd, 1963, and was the first to feature audio animatronics technology, a WED Enterprises patented invention. True or false, the Tiki Room was Disneyland's first full air-conditioned building. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Um... Oh my gosh. It's like, I want to say true just because the amount of tech in there would create so much heat. It is true. That is absolutely correct. Because the computers played such a central role in the attraction because Mm -hmm. there's so much animation, they generated so much heat, particularly in its earliest form. So they just needed to keep the building cool. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) True or false. Before it became the Bengal barbecue, that location was called Sunkissed, I presume, and served mostly drinks. I really don't know, so I'm going to say false as a 50-50. 
Do you have another guess? <laughs> I mean, it's to- obviously true. <laughs> it, 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 it's true. Um, after the Sunkissed Citrus Company decided not to renew their sponsorship in 1990, the place transformed into the Bengal Barbecue. Now, fun fact, Sunkissed, I presume, also sold hot dogs, sandwiches, and donuts. And they also made the mint julep, which was served on the Mark Twain Riverboat. Oh, that's fascinating because I don't remember the Bagel Barbecue ever not being there. And I should have at that point. So maybe I wasn't attracted to it until it was until the, you know, the, the tiger was there. You know, maybe, yeah. True or false. You can get both regular and alcoholic versions of the blue milk and green milk at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park. Oh, man. I should have tried these. I'm going to say false because it sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. It is false. The only place that serves alcohol in Galaxy's Edge is Olga's Cantina. Okay. It, that's a, that is a cool place. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can also buy alcohol at Blue Bayou Restaurant and Club 33. Now, at Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios, you can get alcoholic versions of the blue milk and the green milk. Yeah, it's trippy because I would think that that's part of it is the fact that they're providing it at all and it's part of Star Wars canon and it's it wasn't an alcohol drink in Star Wars. It was like it was milk. So, right. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fantastic and a lot of fun. Thank you for playing. You're welcome. Yeah, I had a great time. I believe the proverb is all good things must come to an end. Oh, no. But before we go, I'd like to ask you five questions in honor of the Disney Fab Five. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. Okay. Who is your favorite character from the movies? Wow. Okay, so which okay, which Disney movies are we talking about? Of the Fab Five? Any Disney movie. Oh, my gosh. That's really broad. Are we adding in Marvel and Star Wars? <laughs> Um, we're saying Disney, your choice. Okay. Let's see. Um, favorite character from the, see, I was thinking, wow. Well, do you want to start with those five? Like out of those five, which is your favorite? And then we'll go all of Disney canon. Yeah. 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 Cause my favorite, yeah. Cause my favorite character is Donald Duck. So when you said the fab five, that's, that's all I could see in my mind is Donald Duck. Cause I feel like he's who I identify with in the sense that he's sweet, but then he gets, overwhelmed and he throws fits and i feel like <laughs> i feel like maybe i'm not exactly that guy anymore but i feel like i i feel like he's still in my heart so that's where okay <laughs> that's what i got out of that so okay and then all right favorite character in a disney movie oh man there's so many like i'm my brain's going through pixar it's going through everything right now I uh, God, I like the old characters. I like Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's in a movie, but I love his little shorts. And that was those never stopped. I have I have every little motif from Jiminy Cricket I could from that they would sell backstage. He's in um, Pinocchio. Well, duh. I haven't seen Pinocchio since I was a little kid. I know. I haven't seen Pinocchio since I was a kid too. But we nailed it. That's where he's originally from. And he, yeah, okay. Then I'm gonna pick him because he came to mind. Because he's let your conscience be your guide. He's just, yeah, like I, he's, he's hanging off my lamp behind me right here. Like he's actually like, 
here. He's he's literally oh, here. Oh, there he like, is. Yeah, this is yeah. I have a lanyard that I wore at the company that had my name tag hanging off of it. If you notice, cast members backstage sometimes have themed necklaces or lanyards, and I have Jiminy Cricket on my lanyard. So yes, nice. Art made it easy on me. <laughs> Evidently, he's a very difficult character to meet in the park. So he's just not out that often. I did meet him on Earth Day at Animal Kingdom. Ah, it's funny you said that because I almost brought that up. That he was the uh, he was the Earth Day character, and then I was I was such I'm such a green person that when I discovered that, I was like, yeah, okay, you're you're kidding me. That like he's already my favorite. I already love him for the conscience thing, and then of course you're you're conscious to your responsibility to the world. So that's so cool. I haven't met him yet, so I'm jealous. I'm 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 green with envy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite character to meet in the parks? Oh, let's see. Um, how have I met that is really striking to me? I mean, I think we go back to the uh, we go back to the OG with with Mickey Mouse on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you can go you can go to his house and then <laughs> you can. And then you can meet him, so you know you're going to find him somewhere. And that one's probably a little bit of an overlay of, like, whenever I would bring people to park, it was almost a rule that they had to have kids or be ridiculous Disney fans. And then we'd always have to go get a picture. So that's 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 why he's my he's my toss-in. I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> it's All meeting right. the boss. <laughs> if you can ask any character a question, who would you ask and what would you ask? Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. How come these are the hardest questions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I want to take them too seriously where I'm like, hmm, oh, wow. How many questions do I get to ask again? Um, let's see. Who would I ask and what would I ask? Um, that feels really hard. Um, Well, I've always wanted to play the uh, Andy's Coming with uh, <laughs> with the toys from Toy Story, but oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not that. But I found out we don't really do that. So was um, that ever a thing, or was that all made up? I think it was just that, just for that gift. Okay, this is what I think. People did it for the gift, but I think people did it for. I think they may have done it for the gift, and then somebody captured the shot of it, and then. And then it's not an actual Disney thing. Because I got to okay. be honest, I, I got, uh, I told Mickey and Minnie, this is just fun. I, t- I, I talked to Mickey and Minnie once on a grad nights and I have a picture somewhere where they were, you know, doing their posing and they're doing whatever. And then I was younger and I was just like, you know what, guys, I'm just having a really bad day. I'm just really sad. And both Mickey and Minnie like covered their eyes and like looked looked sad with me and i was like i think this is probably one of the only pictures in existence where you see you know like these ultra positive characters like like showing some remorse you know or they're just like oh or some sympathy for me like oh no you know and like so um gosh i don't i almost have to pass and come back to it unless that's the last question i'm like what would i ask him and why we can come back okay okay let's do that let my brain work on it Okay. And for those who aren't sure of what we're talking about as far as the Andy's coming, uh, there was a thing where people would yell Andy's coming just like in the movie and then all the toys would just drop and be lifeless. And so the idea was when you would see those characters in a parade or walking through the park and a human being in real life were to yell Andy's coming, then those characters would go and drop down lifeless on the ground. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think it's obviously not something you could do all the time, but it could have been just one of those perfect moments where they're in some back area and, you know, that, and it just, it just made sense, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah. All right. If you could spend a day with Walt Disney, what would you do? Oh, man. I would, uh, I would get lost talking about random, amazing things about the world. I honestly think that from what I understand about the man and his creativity and his interests, and I have a great ability of chasing things down the rabbit hole with my interests and, and fun stuff. I actually think it would be a great time. Like I, (laughs) I think I would, yeah, I'd want to talk about all the technology that's going on now, all the possibilities for the future. I'd, I'd, yeah, like I feel like I kind of knew what he was into and I feel like I'd love to talk to him about how things are and how they're going in that respect. I'd like to talk about SpaceX. I'd like to talk about, you know, entertainment in general. I'd like to talk to him about what he thinks about everything. I mean, CG makeup in films versus practical, you know, I mean, right, just right. I would probably be jumping all over the board. Just just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. what did you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Do you know they do this? Do you know they do that? And like, yeah. Do you think he'd like where the company is today? Um, I think he'd understand where the company is today, given a little bit of background, just given, yeah, because I think probably not, but then at the same time, it probably ran its course with him to be exactly the way it was, because I see him as a captain of industry, and I don't think we've been on an industrial edge for, well, almost 50 years now. I mean, when did we lose Walt, like in the 70s, or like 73-ish or something like that? Uh, let's see. It opened in 71. It was right before then because he missed it, right? So like it would have been right then. So yeah, so we're talking over 54 years. So I think think he would get it. I think he'd understand and he'd understand the journey of it. And I also think he got to have it 100% as as a historical captain of industry. I think nailed it. I think he got to live it, you know? Yeah. All right. I actually really love Walt. Thank you for that question. Oh, sure. If you could have one special quality of any Disney character, what would it be? Ooh. Um, I'm going to come back around to Jiminy Cricket on this one because I think that that's where at I'm 44 years old and I feel that where I'm at in my life right now is actually listening to myself, my gut, and actually following through with what I am feeling is the right action in a situation. And I think as, as, as I've matured and gone through my life journey, I think I've done things to approve, to get approval or validation or things I think other people expected me to do. And it's never worked out. And whenever I really listened to my conscience and I really leaned into, um, feeling what my gut told me, then like I have never made a mistake. And so, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm circle back to this little man. No, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, because that's why he's still there. That's why he's still my reminder. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And l- let's throw Walt in the mix. If you could yeah. ask any character a question, mm-hmm. Walt was a character. What would you ask him? Ooh. Um, oh gosh, thank you for that. All right, let's see. Um, I have to narrow it down instead of ask a thousand questions. So. Uh, I would, oh gosh, I actually would ask him what his, well, actually not just what he thinks of the way the company is, but what his prescription, like what his ideas, what his idea would be on what we all need to be doing right now to, to correct course, you know, like, 
you know, it, he created Disneyland. I mean, he created this place that was supposed to be a special container for people's hopes, dreams, for his daughters, for us, you know? So mm-hmm. I would want to know, hey, as this influence on the world, like what what do you have to say about how we can we can get on track again? You know, how can we get how can we get things going in that direction? Because he did it once, you know, and it continues to do it. So right. what would it what what would it be, you know, rather than try to try to figure out what what you want? What would what would you yeah, what would you what would Walt do? <laughs> what would Walt do? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to to end this interview. You know, we we will all think, you know, what would Walt do? Yeah. We'll come up with our own our own guesses on that one. Yeah. I love it. Sam Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I, I it was so nice to to meet you and to chat about Disney and and I loved hearing your behind the scenes stories and and your answers to all of my crazy questions and, yeah. and I just appreciate your time. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I had I had a blast. This is super fun. So thank you for having me. Yeah. My pleasure. And we'll chat soon. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. That'll do it for this episode of The Mouse and Me. If you liked what you've heard, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell all of your friends. If you didn't like it, well, tell your enemies. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok by searching The Mouse and Me. You can also email me at themouseandmepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the channel, visit patreon.com slash themouseandme. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and see you real soon. (laughs) 